So, after the balance scorecard, what did we say exclusively about the balance scorecard? I think I gave you an assignment, did I? About the balance scorecard. That you should go and look for the limitations. Anybody with anything for me? Hmm? Yeah, he's talking about that. Uh, apart from the four perspectives that the, the partner mentioned, he's forgotten to talk about the environmental analysis of okay. environmental perspectives. Environmental issues. So the effect of the environment on the operation, which is what is captured here. So that is a key limitation. So the framework fails to observe what? Environmental impact on financial statements. Yeah. Okay. You want to say something? Edmond? Kohima. Okay. It requires a comprehensive use of resources such as time and uh, money. That's it. And even the experts. I get the idea. So the men needed, the money needed, and then the time required to carry out the balance scorecard or to use the balance scorecard to evaluate the performance of an organization or a division, it's quite what huge. The experts there, it's, it's very difficult to come from, to put people together who look at customer perspective, financial perspective, business perspective, and they're innovative. So yes, that is also another limitation that we can say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Edmond? Shareholders uh, interest will uh, uh, really be uh, emphasized, not looking at that, that, that stakeholders. Okay, share, only the shareholders' interest will be emphasized. In what perspective are you saying this? Um, we are going to look at the, uh, one of the uh, perspectives of the scorecard. scorecard. So this is what about the shareholder. Profit maximization. You are talking about a uh, financial perspective, right? The profitability. But you also know that there is customer there. And there is business process there. Now that business process, remember I spoke to you about the internal control system, the labor force in place. Are you getting it? The accounting system in place. So to some extent, like it's being taken care of. Sorry. Is that my bad? No. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So to some extent, your point, not that we are just focusing on the shareholders, but the other stakeholders that we are considering, the other stakeholders we are considering. Maybe we are not considering comprehensively the stakeholders. Now, as I mentioned last week, you'll be looking at what's a topic called stakeholder mapping. This is in level three, strategic case study, stakeholder mapping, where the organization does analysis to find out what are the stakeholders of the organization? And then they prioritize, okay, these are our most important stakeholders. These are the people we need to satisfy more and the rest, we can just ignore them and no pay for the organization. So to some extent, yes, it's not covering all the stakeholders, but it's covering some. So maybe we can say it doesn't consider all the stakeholders. I'll be getting the idea. You get it? Yeah, so that's what we can say. Okay, so issue about not considering the environment Issue about the resources required to carry out the analysis. Issue about the fact that it doesn't consider all stakeholders in performance appraisal. What else can we talk about? So these are three points of limitations that we have dis discussed. Yes. When you look at the literature, they talk about those three or four limitations, like the time factor, 
the, uh, the financial aspect when it comes to the implementation, you need more resources. Yeah. And then also stakeholders, a lot of them were not catered for. And okay. at the same time, the environment and the environment those, are the, are the, those are the key the, things that you the, talk the about. Talk All right. You want to say something? I think in the conference level, mm -hmm. stakeholders, maybe it will be difficult to get um, stakeholders to accept and use uh, maybe whatever recommendations that come out of it. From the scorecard. Now, so usually it's, it's going to be used by management. So, yeah, as to whether management will accept that and say, okay, whatever recommendation you make is also another thing. I get in it. Then one of the limitations also here is that there are various interpretations of what is right and what is wrong, depending on the person who is involved. Because here, when you come in, like profitability, when do we say a company is profitable? Because there is another philosophy called capital and capital maintenance. Has someone heard that before? Those in the FR class, we did that last week, I think so. Capital and capital maintenance. Which says that an entity can only recognize profit when there has been an increase in the net assets from the year end, comparing the year end to what? The year start. Without contribution from the shareholders. So if that is the case, if that is our definition, then we can do profitability ratios. But it won't amount to what? anything so to some extent the interpretations are also not something that can be what trust across board because some somebody will come from another source someone will also come from another source so that is the idea about that okay so i think that's it that's it about that now the reason why i gave you that out is the examiner could ask you i get in it he could ask you limitations of the balance scorecard five marks or yeah five marks list them down and you should be able to talk about them. Once you understand they are not the balance scorecard, you should be able to come out and what say something about it. And when you look at the test, they haven't talked about the, the limitations, so you have to scam around, round, round. Yes, yes, that's that's one of the issues. That is why I brought it to your notice. Okay. Because I know that the test book you'll be looking at, okay. they don't have it inside. So you have to go out. There are times when the textbook is not comprehensive. I get in it. Not that it is intentional that they are eliminated from the textbook, though. But it could be that as at the time materials were being put together, that particular thing was not there. Hence, if you go online and Google, you could get it from elsewhere, and that will make your knowledge complete. All right. So let's switch to the day's business, and let's start with value chain analysis. This is uh, Michael Porter's framework on uh, analyzing how inputs are changed into what? Outputs. So what, what, what is involved in the raw materials being converted into the outputs? That is what we want to define as what? The value chain analysis. Anybody with any idea about this thing? Say a bit more corporate strategy. You did coverage strategy. When did you write it? Last week. Ah, fresh boy was building. You were wearing fresh apple. If you have any idea on that, did you write it? Last year. May. Okay, you also have some fresh apple. So, what what is the value chain analysis about? In a nutshell, what what do you think it's it's about? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, primary activities and the supporting activities. Okay, okay. Yes, go you don't remember. Hey, what <laughs> All right, now, so, in order to assist an organization to operate effectively and efficiently, Michael Porter says that the organization has to identify the various activities that takes place from the input, that is the raw material, to the output till it gets to the final consumer. Now, when the organization is able to identify all the activities, then the organization can find out which ones are called to the production of the product and which, are, which ones are non-called to the production of the product. So that because, limit, because of limited resources and focus of their company, the company can then focus all in resources to the core operations and then may decide to what? Outsource the non-core operations. So that is the idea about value chain analysis. The various activities in the middle, in the middle, that turns inputs into the outputs of a company. But not only that, the fact that the inputs are turned into outputs, they must reach the final consumer. So how that output also gets to the final consumer, it's also something that we have to look out for. So what are the activities involved in these stages? That is what we want to look at under value chain analysis. Before we get into the nitty-gritties of it, what do you think are the processes involved? We are not being technical here, but on the average, let's say you have an input. What are the things we are going to be doing to get the output to be doing to get it to the final consumer? Mm-hmm. Maybe the resources that are available. Yes, so the raw mats. And then to be processed by machine or maybe human resources. Okay, so production department or production of, of the goods in the production plant. Okay, what else? Consumers. Okay, so when the outputs are produced, you know we have to store them as well. Now, this raw materials has to be stored. Then, these goods from our warehouse to the consumer, we need what? Channel of distribution. Are you getting it? channel of distribution and now the channel of distribution is changing very much very much especially when we go to the US Amazon for instance they are doing they are using drones now for what delivery so when you buy something quickly within the next less than a day Amazon Prime drones will just do the delivery at your doorstep boom you get your goods there so delivery or channels of distribution are changing with the advent of what technology that you need to understand. Now, so Michael Porter says that it's okay, we've seen generally what is happening, but then when we talk about the various activities that are involved from input output to the final consumer, we can divide them into what is referred to as primary activities and what? Secondary activities. So let's look at these activities. So primary activities and then secondary activities. Michael Porter says that the primary activities involves the production of goods and services. So these are the activities involved in the production of the goods and services. So what we do core, what we do primarily in converting the raw materials into outputs 
are what refers to as the primary activities. But the question we ask ourselves is, what are these primary activities? Among other things, Michael Porter says that the following are some examples of my, uh, the, the primary activities. The following are some examples. We have what we refer to as the inbound logistics. Then we have the outbound logistics. Now, in the inbound logistics, as the name suggests, inbound logistics, it means how resources are obtained into the organization. So among the activities that are done there includes receiving of inventories. So let me put it this way, receiving, handling, and storing of raw material. That is the inbound logistics. Receiving, handling, and storing of raw materials or inputs. Storing of raw materials or inputs. Okay? So this involves receiving, handling, and storing of raw materials or inputs. These are called the inbound logistics. So what are the processes involved when we place an order and the raw materials are delivered? How do we receive them? How do we handle them? How do we store them? And even how do we issue them from the store to the uh, production department? That is what refers to as what? The inbound logistics. Now, we are not supposed to do accounting for material. Otherwise, you would have seen more sense in the inbound logistics when you are doing accounting for what? Material. Because under accounting for material, you will look at the various processes involved in material control. When we receive the material, we store the material, we issue using the store ledger card or the bean card. What's the difference between these two? The store ledger card or the bean card? Anybody with any idea? Stock in, stock out. Okay. What about the store ledger? Store ledger, that one is the form of a ledger where we input all the goods in the store. Okay. So what is the difference? The bean card is, is the, is the, that one is in the shelves, shelves, but the store ledger, that one It's more open. It's with the store bar. Okay. Anybody with any other? The store ledger, the difference is that the store ledger is a component of finding Okay. Or the cost component there. Yeah. But for the bean card, it's only the, the time the uh, inventory is received, time is easy. You got it. The balance. You got yeah, it. So, bean card is for quality. Are you getting it? Store ledger is for both quantity and the value of the goods. That's the difference. So, as I said, we're not going to be doing all that because this time we have graduated. I see said we've graduated, so we are taking all of these animals. To the first kingdom so they are in the kingdom called introduction to management accounting so we are not going to be doing that here 
but that is the inbound logistics. How the organization receives, handles, stores inputs and issue them to the production process. Now, once the things are introduced like that, we go to the next step. Before the outbound, we come to the operations. So these are the second classes of activities under the primary activities, operations. Now, what are these operations? This involves converting of the input into what? The output. Converting of inputs into the output. In other words, how we convert the raw material into its final product. That is the operation. So this is for the store department. From the store department, we come to the production department so that they will now convert the inputs towards the output of the company. But then, once the outputs are produced by the store department, we come to the third thing called the outbound logistics. Outbound logistics. What is involved here? This involves storing and distributing of the products to customers. This involves storing and distributing products to customers. Okay, the final products. How we store them in our warehouse and how we distribute them to the final customers. That is what the out. So we receive the input, bring it to the production department, finish with the output, put them in the warehouse, and send it outside in the organization. Another thing that is involved in the outbound also involves packaging of the products. Packaging of the product. So how do we package them for delivery? So after the product has been produced, how do we package? How do we label the product to deliver for delivery? Because if a product is supposed to be delivered by air, packaging is going to be different if the product is supposed to be delivered by sea. Packaging will also be different if it is supposed to be delivered by land. So they take into consideration all of these when they are doing what? The packaging of the product for delivery. All of these are under what we refer to as outbound logistics. But this is what happens. Anytime we sell goods to customers, they may be what we call after sales or services. So part of the primary activities of the company involves service. So the fourth thing there is service. What does service include? This involves installing the product, repairing the product. So installing products, repairing products, among other things. So these are the four broad activities under what we call primary activities. As you can see, these are core operations of the company. The way we receive our inputs, the way we convert the inputs into outputs, the way we package our outputs, sell it to the final consumer. Now, when the goods get to the final consumer, they need to be what? Installed. When they are installed and the consumer is using it and it becomes faulty, who needs to service it? It's the company that has to what? Service it. So these are core activities of the organization. Very core activities of the organization. Then, Paula says that, 
to make these activities successful or to enable these activities to work well, there should be other activities referred to as what? The secondary activities. The secondary activities. So another name for the secondary activities is what is referred to as supporting activities. Supporting. Because you see, you cannot do inbound logistics operations outbound logistics services without what some, some supporting activities so any other activity that assists the organization in the carrying out of its core operations are what is classified under the supporting or secondary activities the supporting or secondary activities among other things these activities involve the following Human resource, human resource, technology that we're using as a company, infrastructure functions, among other issues, can all be referred to as supporting activities procurement how we purchase inputs so this purchases of inputs all these are called supporting activities so who should be the employees of the organization what kind of technology systems internal controls accounting software production system do we need what infrastructure do we need what, what should be the kind of building the working environment we need in the manufacturing department what kind of machines do we need what kind of production plants do we need all of these things are under uh, supporting activities then how do we procure our inputs do we procure them on credit or we procure them by paying and how do we even negotiate for the price of the product all of these things are called supporting activities what Michael Porter is saying is that these are core. You cannot um, outsource these core activities because the way you receive your inventories, you cannot outsource that. The way you produce your product, you cannot outsource that. The way you uh, store your product, you cannot outsource that. And the way you do some of these things, you cannot outsource that. But now with advent of technology, some of these things can be outsourced. You know there is contract manufacturing, right? You know about contract manufacturing. So contract manufacturing is like, I don't have the production plant, but this is the drug I want. So you take a sample of the products to the company and they will do the operation job for you. So even though we are saying that some of the primary activities cannot be outsourced now with various arrangements, part of them can be what? Outsourced by the company. That is what you have to understand when we talk about the primary activities and the supporting activities. Any question, please? Any question? Should I put on the funnel? We are okay. Okay. 
All right. Then the big question we ask ourselves is, the plenty English that I've spoken, what do you think are the benefits of value chain analysis? Mm -hmm. What do you think are the benefits of value chain analysis? What, what do we get from this, in your opinion? Like you said earlier, it helps the organization focus on its core activities. Okay. It helps the organization to focus on what? Its core activities. So through the value chain, they are able to identify the core activities and then the non-core activities and focus on the core activities. What else? Mm -hmm. What else? What else? Benefits. To deliver goods, to know its core duties to deliver goods. Now, when we say core duties to deliver goods, can you explain a little so I, be, I understand? For instance, let's say you are producing a uniform. You have to ensure that the customers get the right kind of apps or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, meaning that, what if I write, meaning that you are, this helps the company to identify and also produce products to the customer's specification or to the customer's requirements. Oh, yeah, that is key, that is key. I was reading a story today about um, a, new, a, a business and they spent $1 million to, um, work on a business, it is a hosting company, a web hosting company. They spend $1 million, and after spending $1 million on doing everything on the company, they couldn't launch the company. Why? Because they realized that the things they've developed are not what the market wants. So yes, what you're saying is true. When the business is able to carry this out, with understanding of the customers in mind, they will produce products that are needed by the customers. Any, any day in view? Then be able to have it to me account. Okay, so let me give you some points on that benefit. We can say that it emphasizes the importance of in it emphasizes the importance of regrouping functions into activities. It emphasizes the importance of regrouping functions into activities regrouping functions into activities regrouping functions into activities now what do i mean by that you see the main idea about outbound logistics for instance is the function of selling and what distribution but then when we undertake value chain analysis this function will now be broken down into various activities. I mentioned the issue about packaging. I spoke about the various distribution channels that a company needs. I mentioned the issue in relation to warehousing or showroom. So when we undertake the value chain analysis, 
that function is now broken into what? The various activities that the company needs to undertake in order to uh, perform that function well. Two, it enables the company to identify, it enables the company to identify the activities that are not adding value to the company, the activities that are not adding value to the company directly that are not adding value to the company directly and outsource them if possible 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 why should a company waste its resources on having its own HR department so that anytime they are looking for an employee the HR so the HR is there they have a whole HR department financing them giving them money paying them every month so that when they are looking for somebody the HR department will handle it if they can outsource that to a, an HR consultancy or firm so that anytime they are looking for a new employee they tell the firm we are looking for somebody who should be this, who should be that, who should be this. Do it for us. We pay you the permission and that is all. Why? Because recruiting people is not really, even though employees are key in all of these things, the process of recruiting requires a lot of time, requires a lot of resources. So companies can identify, we can outsource, then they will outsource those things. Then technology. Many companies, as an example, around the world, don't have IT department by themselves. They outsource a lot of these things. So when they have computer breaks down, they will quickly call, then the people will come and fix it. Sometimes they carry it from the office to their workshop and they fix it up. Why? Because they can outsource technology because it is non-core of the operations of the company. Three. It is an attempt to overcome the limitations it is an attempt to overcome the limitations. It is an attempt to overcome the limitations of portfolio planning in multi-divisional organizations. It is an attempt to overcome the limitations of portfolio planning in multi-divisional organizations. It is an attempt to overcome portfolio planning in multi-divisional organizations. It's an attempt to overcome limitations of portfolio planning in multi-divisional organizations. Now, this is what happens. There are some organizations that are multi-divisional. What does it mean? Like Tesla. I don't know if you know Tesla. It's a car manufacturing company by Elon Musk in the U.S. Tesla in the U.S. Now, even though they produce electric cars, now they have various departments of the company that produce the car components, like the batteries and some components of the car. Now, they are doing that in a major arrangement with another company, but it means that the car produces that. Now, the core operations of the company is to manufacture the vehicles. 
Now, the component parts are like supporting what? Activities. So the entity could have outsourced that. But then what they have done is that, okay, even though that is a non-core activity, if we have a different division in-house that can do that and supply us with that and also sell that outside, it can also provide us with what? Money as a company. So that there will not be any limitation of us not having that division in our organization as a company. So when we undertake the value chain analysis, not only are we able to know what is good and what we can outsource, but we can also tell that, okay, even though we can outsource, if we have resources, let's produce it in-house, provide that service to the main company and sell the rest to the outside world, and that will also be a source of revenue to the company. So these are some of the benefits that we can mention in relation to that. But there is a a saying in key that every sweet thing, sweet thing has a bitter taste. So the question is, do we have any criticism? Do you see this thing having any limitations? So criticism of the value chain analysis. Do you see it having any limitation? Mm -hmm. What will you criticize this for? Mm -hmm. What will you... Yes, Kingsley. It is time-consuming. <laughs> okay, do we agree with that? There will be time-consuming in undertaking value chain analysis. Yes, we can talk about that, the time factor involved, and the resources uh, to be incurred in carrying out these things. What else? Mm -hmm. If you say, uh, say it's time-consuming, wouldn't it rather save time if you are, like, say, it depends on your perspective, like where you are standing. Where you are standing, yeah. Maybe if you are in a company and you are outsourcing all these secondary activities, I think it's rather saving time rather than... Rather than... Yeah, so, so your time saving, you want to get your perspective. How will it save... How will it require more time? Because to him, it will rather help the company save time. So how will you say it helps? It's a point. And yours is also a point. But as you said, from the perspective you are coming from. So what perspective are you coming from? Well, I'm coming from... Uh, that point where you, you, you need to... Like, we've got everything. Mm-hmm. All this production, but first of all, you have to sit. Look at the private. What are all the things that... Okay. 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 When we do this also, it saves the company a lot of time because now the company is able to focus on eight core operations or activities. Now, you can see that from the thing I said here, the value chain analysis is suitable for the manufacturing industry, not for the service industry, really, really. So that is one of the key uh, uh, criticisms of the value chain analysis, that it is more suited to the manufacturing environment and it will be difficult to be applied in the service 
environment. So that is one of the key limitations of the value chain analysis. Because if you check, what I'm rendering says, like I'm teaching you, what did I receive? What did I convert? What, what, what did I deliver? What did I package? Yeah, we can talk about all of those things, but really, you could see that this thing is suited more for what? A manufacturing company rather than a, a service company. So that is one of the key limitations that we can, we can talk about. That's true. That's true. There must be some So that is also what? A limitation of it. Right? So that if you outsource. Now, outsourcing, I think we will do outsourcing as a topic on its own later on. It's part of the short-term decisions that we'll be, made, we'll be doing. So I think we'll talk about that later on there. But let me just say here that when you outsource, chances are... Now, look at the example I gave. You outsource your IT. You don't have IT department. So your computer got spots with your company's data and they, they came to carry it to their office. Do you know who have access to that PC? No. Are you getting the idea? So yes, there is some risk involved in what outsourcing. So the company has to be careful. Not only look at money, not only look at uh, do we want to focus, don't we want to focus, but look at other factors very well. So what you're saying here is true. Some outsource activities may not be as successful as the entity intends it to be. And that could be an issue there. That could be an issue there. So these are some of the things we can talk about really under the limitations of the value chain analysis. And that's all about the value chain. It's a module that management uses in order to make decision as to what they should do in-house and what they should outsource as a company. Any questions? Okay, next one, environmental accounting. Environmental accounting. Environmental accounting. 